In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission? To harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms. To dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership. Saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Friday, everybody. What is up? Woo! <laughs> Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week is... 30 Rock, because I have been binging that for the last couple weeks now. That has been my new kind of go-to stress relief sitcom, and uh, it's very fun watching it again. I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm like, I think I'm halfway through season three, so Jennifer Aniston was there briefly. She plays one of Liz Lemon's friends from like college days, and she comes back, so it's a very funny episode. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been nice to to watch that as my kind of, I need to relax and just zone out for a bit. Uh, my name is Brian Truitt. I watch movies. And what's getting me through this week is watching with my wife the new Peacock show, Girls 5 Eva, which I like to call Five Girls for Eva, which bothers her, <laughs> my wife, which it's it's pretty much it's it's like 30. It is 30. Rock. It's like 30 rock with the reading of like a, a, a 90, a bad 90s girl group, pop girl group. Um, they, they reunite and there's only there's, there were five of them. Now there's only four of them. And none of them be really, you know, they're all kind of estranged from each other, and they get and get back together, and they they um, they create really bad pop songs, and it's it's fun. It's just absurd. It's just like it's like the old, you know, the best Thirty Rock episodes that are just like make no sense but are really funny. Um, so that's you know, and my wife really digs it. And I, I, I it's pretty funny. I find it pretty funny too. So I enjoy it. We enjoy it. Uh, I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television, and I was also going to talk about Girls 5 Eva, um, which is number 10 on my list of the best shows of 2021 so far, um, and a very fun show. And from, it's not created by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, but they are executive producers, and they they created 30 Rock and executive produced uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Um, but it's created by a woman named Meredith Scardino, who did work, also work on Kimmy Schmidt. So it's got that tone um as brian mentioned um and i've actually gotten quite into the songs i've listened to them on spotify a few times and they get stuck in your head quite distinctly um tina fey's husband and the creator wrote a bunch of them and sarah Bareilles, who plays one of the former pop stars also wrote a bit um and if anyone ever listened to the soundtrack to the broadway musical waitress sarah Bareilles wrote that music too so she um this is obviously a little sillier, but it's the same sort of narrative music idea. So um, it's very fun. And it's, you know, the first actually good Peacock original, which is very exciting for them. And Sarah Burrell isn't a bad actress. I was kind of surprised. Like, no. How she's her. You know, we knew Renee Elise Goldsberry was a good actress, you know, could sing and, and you know, sing and obviously act. But I was surprised that Burrell's was such a good, good actress. Yeah, she did a run on Broadway as the lead character in Waitress. So. Yeah, in Waitress. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a 
one song about how her son is a, in the show, is a New York lonely boy because he's an only child and his best friend is the doorman. Um, and, you know, he's, he, likes, he has a favorite font and likes to listen to the daily, um, which I very much enjoyed and has been stuck in my head a lot. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, well, and when if it's worth it too, I'm, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting, Brad. <laughs> it's worth it too for the one episode where where um, Tina Fey shows up with Dolly Parton. <laughs> I swear to God, it's just like because Sarah Bareilles' character needs a, can't write a song, and she's having all these problems, and like Dolly Parton's her hero, and like Dolly Parton shows up, but like as a dream version. But it's like it's the version of her that like she conjures up, which is Tina Fey playing. Dolly Parton. So, but it's it's so funny, so funny. Mostly wicked boobs. <laughs> yeah, all all wicked boobs, pretty much. All right, I don't know how to transition to that, but anyway, um, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. New up new episodes of the Mothership drop every Friday, and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you could wa- write a quick review about the show. By doing that, you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a bonus, we give you a special shout out on the next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod, or you can email MothershipPod at usatoday.com. Let's get to the main topic. Here is a clip. I guess you don't entertain much, do you? I like my privacy. You know I do, too. That's another thing we have in common. Like, I hate it when you got somebody in your face, you're trying to give them a hint, and they won't leave. And then there's that big awkward silence, you know. Can I stay with you? Uh, what? Can I stay with you, please? Of course. Really? No. Please, I don't want to go back there. You don't know what it's like to be considered a freak. Well, maybe you do. But that's why we got to stick together. You got to let me stay. Please, please. Okay, okay. But one night only. Ah, thank you. Ah. What do you know? Oh, no. this is going to be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manless stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. That was from the original Shrek, which I can't believe uh, released 20 years ago this year. And that's what we're going to talk about is Shrek because it was you didn't know it at the time, but it's a pretty important animated film and it had a lot of big names behind it. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz. Um, And it's a movie people, again, still talking about 20 years later. Um, so we're just going to talk about its legacy, what we like about it, some of our favorite moments, all things Shrek. Um, but let's start here, uh, since Brian's the movie guy. Um, do you remember seeing Shrek the first time, and what did you think of it when you first saw it? I did. I was one. I think it was. I feel like it's one of the first press screens I ever went to. Um, I was. I was. I was somewhat recently out of, out of grad school, and I had been a sports writer, and then I transitioned back to entertainment. So that was. It was real early there. And it was that summer of 2021, and before 9/11, before 9/11, just 2001, or, yeah, or, yeah, before 2001, um, before you know 9/11, just you know ruined a whole bunch of things. Um, but yeah, so but I remember going to that press screening and just laughing my ass off. And it was you know it's one of those things where like it wasn't just me laughing my ass off; the whole theater laughed their ass off. And it was just so funny, and you know, because we we at that point we you know we gone through the period in the '90s of a lot of the earnest Disney musicals, and they were kind of funny, but not really. It was more about you know, um, I want songs from the princesses and things like that. And this was like it was a fairy tale, but it was like obviously a very broken fairy tale. It was it was it, the 
the humor was a lot more pure, um, pure way, however you say that. And, you know, it was, but it was still funny. It wasn't like just totally, you know, toilet humor, but it, 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 it was smart enough with it that, that it was both clever and kind of like common denominator humorous. Um, but it was just, and, and then, uh, so, and then, um, Mike Myers is, you know, Scottish accent. It, it felt like he was doing like a Saturday Night Live character as this green ogre. Um, and then the Eddie Murphy donkey character is still my favorite, you know, one of my favorite animated characters of all time. He may, you know, he kind of, them two together kind of made it for me. There's like a wrestling match in it. It is like weird matrix fighting moves. You know, it, 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 it was like this kind of like, F you to like the last decade of Disney films that was just kind of that it started kind of this new um, era of like, you know, we're not going to be Disney anymore. We're just we're going to kind of like, you know, F some stuff up and, and have some fun. He kind of f himself with Quibi. <laughs> not going to lie. But um. oh, I think he effed himself before Quibi. I think he effed himself before Quibi. I mean, the funniest thing about that is that Jeffrey Katzenberger, who ushered in that era of Disney movies, then left Disney to found DreamWorks and then made Shrek. So um, there was some personal F you to Disney there. And then later in life, he went on to form Quibi. But that is, you know, that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) They're called Roku Originals now. Um, Kelly, do you remember the first time seeing Shrek and what did you think of it? I can't remember seeing I don't remember the first time I saw it but I do remember that it was a very big deal and I was you know I was nine-ish at this time um so um but I was sick and so I I couldn't go see it with everyone else and it was very upsetting I remember that distinctly because you know so unfair as is life when you are a child um but it is one of the movies from uh my childhood that we like bought on dvd and I watched over and over and over and over and over again um so apologies to my parents, I think, um, now that I'm an adult and I realize probably how annoying that was. I did that with a lot of movies. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. Um, I think I loved the um, the humor in it. I think it had, like, despite not being a musical, it has a very good soundtrack that I used to listen to, but from the Smash Mouth um, song, obviously, to... Um, it being the introduction to uh, Hallelujah for my generation um, uh, and various other things. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have only fond memories of it, but I also haven't seen it since I was a child, I'm pretty sure. So I know that there's been discourse, you know, quote unquote, about Shrek as it's come to its 20th anniversary about, you know, people saying it actually was never that good. And I can't say that's good or that's correct or not, considering I was in no position to judge it whenever I watched it. But I did. I did enjoy it probably too much. Yeah, I'm uh, I I feel like we could spend another 10 minutes on the discourse around Shrek. But um, I ended up watching it maybe like a few years after it came out because I I mean, I, I was an adult, so I had no reason to watch Shrek. And it wasn't until like um, I had my niece and then uh, I, I checked out Shrek for the first time and um yeah it was really funny i mean it, that's you know yeah it had toilet humor and stuff like that but it's also a kids movie so i expect some kids movies to do a little bit of that here and there i don't think you know i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing 
Um, I loved Eddie Murphy in that movie a lot. He's probably my favorite character in all of Shrek, period, beyond just this one, but the next couple. He's fantastic in the role. And I was really happy to see Eddie Murphy back in relevant again, because I think there was kind of maybe a small window around late 90s, early 2000s, where he was kind of, I think he was doing stuff maybe here and there, but not as big. So it was nice to see him back in some like big name film again and hearing him again. Uh, Cause I loved Eddie Murphy for the longest time. Um, I love the music too. I, I finally remember the Joan Jett uh, bad reputation sequence where they're wrestling. I think that's the wrestling match where they're playing that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love the scene where Lord Farquhar is uh, Lord Farquaad is uh, interrogating the gingerbread man, which I think is fantastic. And forever mm-hmm. to this day, I still have burned in my brain the Muffin Man, like stuck in my head because he's <laughs> she's married to the Muffin Man. Yeah, and uh, I just have that burn. And then I hear him go, "You're a monster," and that's you know. But the Gingerbread Man was really funny in that movie too, even though he's being tortured, which is kind of dark. But yeah, it just I, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like it does. It pokes a lot of fun at a lot of the fairy tale stuff that Disney was doing. It does it in a really clever way and a fun way, and um. I think it still kind of holds up as a kids movie. I showed my kids Shrek a couple, probably a year or two ago, and they really liked it. They thought it was hilarious. So I think to me, when it comes to a kids movie, that's one of the barometers, I think, is if kids still find it funny, then it's got to have some legs to it. So, uh, but let's talk now to, I get, have you seen it recently is what I want to know. Cause that's the one thing, you know, I, I know Kelly, you haven't seen it recently. Brian, have you seen it again recently? Had, have things changed as far as how you feel about Shrek? Yeah, I feel like I've watched it within the past year with my daughter, you know, and she kind of liked it. Um, I think I think parts of it hold up, parts of it don't. Parts of it do feel kind of like dated. I mentioned the, the Matrix thing that feels kind of kind of dated dated at this point. Um, some of the humor feels dated. I don't think it's totally aged well, just because I feel like too, you know. Everything, every it was like all Shrek all the time for a few years, where they they were pump, they were pumping out um, sequels and spinoffs and, and like it just just you know and as as culture does, it just got overloaded on us. And you know, and like theme park, I've I've been on the Shrek theme park ride way too many times, and and so I feel like it, it's it's not it's not a worse movie because of that, but it just doesn't like. It doesn't hold up as well for me just because I got tired of it. But, you know, the the things that are really, really funny from the fir- from the fir- that first movie are still really, really funny. Um, and I and I think and that's what I hold on to, because, you know, I laughed my ass off back 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 in the day. And like, I'll hold on to that, even though it doesn't it doesn't play the same. You know, I think it's still a, a, a movie that like was of a time and really changed a lot of things in terms of, you know, especially with humor and, and animation and things like that. And was influential to a lot of things. Um, and then didn't, and wasn't influential anymore. and just became kind of like this, this archaic thing. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it still holds up to a degree and, you know, but the, it's the funniest stuff does hold up, which is good to see. Yeah. I think they, you know, jumped the shark, took a bridge too far with the Broadway musical personally. I totally, I, I totally didn't even know about that until like some of the more recent things that have come out about, I totally forgot about that. Um, I never seen it. I've listened to some of the music. It's not great. It's not great. Um, and just from what I've, the clips I've seen of it, it's just the, 
visual humor from the movie is really hard to translate onto a stage because animation, you can do anything, you know, and the guy who plays Farquaad has to do the whole show on his knees to like make him short and be funny. And it's just, it just doesn't work. And I feel bad because there were a lot of really good Broadway actors in that original cast, <laughs> including like Sutton Foster. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the problem. It, it was almost like a, a bellwether for our over, uh, over exhausted IP like era because they made those movies too fast. And I think the second one was okay ish from my recollection of it, but I remember really hating the third one and I was probably an early teen at that point, but I still was closer to the target audience that I am now. Um, so I think that is part of the thing. It's like, I, we don't live in a vacuum. So even though it shouldn't affect how you feel about the original thing, it does because it all starts to feel derivative, even though the, the first thing came first. It's why like the John Carter movie failed because it was the thing that all other sci-fi was based on. But when it came out, it looked completely cop like it was copying everybody else who copied it. When also, and also to think, you know, right because it came out right before 9-11, and then, and then afterward, I feel like they, you know, and I don't know, I don't know this for sure, but I almost feel like they, they pumped them out a little quick just because, you know, maybe they felt like we needed it or, you know, obviously it did really gangbusters, but also like there wasn't that, there was kind of a, uh, you know, a Darth of comedy for, for a while. We didn't know really, you know, culturally we were kind of in a bad place. We really didn't know where to go. What was going to be funny after that were, you know, what, what things were going to look like. And I think they did, you know, they pumped them out really fast, uh, you know, too fast. And then, you know, we all got sick of them because nothing else was like, nothing was of that sort kind of been like oh well we have shrek but we also have this other thing and this other thing because pixar i don't think had really gotten gotten you know turned into you know pixar by then um and so it was just like there wasn't really anything else it was like shrek upon shrek upon shrek and i think we all got kind of, kind of tired of it and it, but it's funny you know you mentioned the musical and i i was watching screeners for this thing called kevin can f himself Something like that. I think I think it's Kevin Kinnaff himself. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's Kevin Kinnaff himself, but they're right, not actually right. censoring it because it's broadcast TV. And, <laughs> not broadcast because yeah. it's cable. And so, and I was like, and, and they've got a guy who like plays as like kind of Fred Flint, Fred Flintstoney sitcom guy. And I'm like, I've never seen this guy before, but he's like a weird cart. You know, he almost looks like a cartoon character. Where has he been in before? So I went to IMDb and like, there's this picture of him as Shrek. So I'm guessing he was from the musical at some point. And I, so I was like, and then at that point I was like, wait, there was a Shrek musical. I totally missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is news to me. Um, so yeah, that's, that was a sidebar. So looking big picture at the legacy of Shrek, um, and maybe, I don't know, influence of Shrek even too. What kind of legacy do you think Shrek has left now that we're 20 years since it first came out? I think right away they, like other studios started copying it, not in like, we are going to do everything as a reverent fairy tale, but they started loading up voice casts with more celebrity talent. Like they always had a lot of celebrities who did that, but it was like every character as opposed to just a few characters and then filling them out with cheaper voice actors who can do a lot of parts. And I think about like the Ice Age movies on, uh, from Fox as like a spiritual successor um, 
that was, you know, it wasn't based on fairy tales, but it was, you know, finding another like universal and mixing in complete super juvenile humor like the the squirrel and his acorn with the celebrities and the there's a lot of fart jokes in those and that kind of thing and then they also ran it into the ground yeah the madagascar movies which we had to yeah have like seven of apparently and, and and there's a tv show i think right and so yeah so it's like and then you know we talk about like you know it it kind of filling a void that you know got away from disney in a big way well the the thing about disney is and then you know with disney both both disney and pixar is they kept creating original original stuff you know with things and then you know with dreamworks and you know and some of the other thing you know the fox studio that put together the ice age and madagascar movies I think actually Madagascar was DreamWorks. They had the one thing that worked and were just like, okay, we're going to keep doing this over and over again because we like have nothing else. We can't, you know, we, we might as well just keep doing sequels to this, then find something else original that works. Like Disney is is doing very successfully, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep, you know, drain the well dry. Um, so I think I think Shrek kind of like, in a, in a way for those non-Disney things, it, it set a course for like unoriginality and just kind of like, you know, just hit, you know, hitting a dead horse, hitting a, hitting a dead fairy tale horse until it's, you know, bleeding. And I also think like the, the O's, the aughts, whatever we call that decade was almost entirely without musical animated kids movies. Um, and then I think that was because of Shrek and Pixar gaining gaining in popularity, and also hand drawn animation fell by the wayside. And they tried to like bring both back with like the Princess and the Frog, but I think, actually think that was was that like 2010. It was like either the very end of the decade or into the next one, um, which didn't do well. So um, I mean, that was very different. Like the. Uh, I saw a lot of the animated Disney movies from the 90s, like on videotape and at home, but I was too young for most of that decade to go to the theater all the time. So by the time I was like an older kid, preteen teenager, all of those movies were not were no longer musicals. Um, and then Frozen happened and it all changed back. <laughs> the circle of animated life. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, okay, listeners, let's hear from you. Um, do you like Shrek? What was your favorite scene from the movie? Uh, let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us directly. I'm at Brett Molina 23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at K-Lawls, K-L-A-W-L-S. Don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. Uh, that'll do it this week. Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of the Mothership this week, Adam Fish. If you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love to get a rating or a review. It helps other people find the show and we get some great feedback. If Apple Podcasts isn't your thing, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. Later. Bye.